This is One in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. One in 59 is a weekly show devoted to topics related to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And this morning, I am uh, very excited to have on the show Meredith Teakin, who is the President, Sales and Marketing for International Board of Credentialing and Continuing Education Standards, otherwise known as IBCCES. Good morning, Meredith. Good morning. That was I know that's a mouthful. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it is a mouthful, but as I was saying off air, um, you know, in our in our industry, there's quite a few acronyms, um, so we're sort of used to it. But we yeah. uh, we're going to learn all about what the IBCCES is and a little bit about you as we go forward with the show. So again, thanks for being on this morning. Thank you for having me again. Absolutely. So so why don't we start with with you explaining what the International Board of Credentialing and Continuing Education Standards is and maybe some of the background. How long has it been around? Uh, how did it start? Any history you can provide and, and then the types of credentialing services that you offer now. And then we'll, we'll go from there. Sure. So IBCCES uh, was founded in 2001, and we started out primarily in healthcare. So today we still work in healthcare. We do training and certification for healthcare education and corporate professionals, and we are a credentialing organization. So we have, again, a series of professional credentials and certification programs um, that, that folks from different industries or areas of expertise can take, whether they're just kind of starting out in their career or maybe they're more experienced, but they want to show a specialization. And everything that we do is related to cognitive disorders. So uh, what we kind of call our flagship programs are, are related specifically to autism, uh, but we do work in other areas as well, some of those related cognitive disorders, ADHD and dyslexia and some mental health, as well as um, we work with, you know, the Mayos of the world and some other partners as far as Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and sort of those cognitive disorders that come later in life. So, yeah, so so originally we were founded, um, again, just to, just to kind of fill that gap and, and allow folks to get specialized training and certification. Even a lot of professionals, you know, these days that work extensively with individuals on the spectrum may have received limited training specifically in autism. So, again, we just want to always provide that value um, and fill those knowledge gaps. And really our goal is uh, the more people that are trained and certified and that stay up to date on the latest and greatest, you know, the latest best practices and new resources research because we know that, you know, of course, the world changes, the research changes, we learn new things all the time. Right. We want to make sure that that information is disseminated in a responsible way and and really not only to raise awareness, but again, to provide kind of some of those research-based um, strategies or techniques for those professionals. So uh, we work with healthcare professionals, we work with educators a lot. We work um, all over the world, actually, 42 different countries and, and all 50 states. But uh, there's just, there's just still such a, a need and a thirst for more information for folks who are trying to help, you know, these individuals on the spectrum, whether they be, you know, children or, or students or, or even adults, you know, visiting a, a resort or a theme park, for example. Yeah. Amazing. All right. so it's, I, I'm just, I'm sort of stunned just because I, this is the first I've heard of it, but I, I, I think mm -hmm. it's amazing. And I, I, I may be the only one at Anderson who hasn't heard of it. We, we have a consulting business that does a very, uh, probably on a smaller scale, but very similar uh, way of, of fulfilling our mission 
mission was just to optimize the quality of life for people with autism by consulting with and, and providing a training that we call autism supportive environment to some local businesses to help them be uh, have a better understanding of some of their potential customers and, and mm-hmm. families coming through their businesses and seeking their services who uh, have a loved one on the spectrum. So I, I'm yeah. thrilled to know that there's an organization out there that's doing this on a larger scale. Let me ask you this. The, the radio show that, that we're on right now um, is named One in 59 because of the current statistic in the United States of the number of mm-hmm. children who are diagnosed on the spectrum on an annual basis. But it used to be called One in 68, and before that it was called <laughs> yeah. One in 88 when it first started. Does your organization in some ways, do you think, responsible for helping, for example, pediatricians as they have gained much more knowledge over the last couple of decades in terms of making becoming more aware and helping them create checklists and diagnostic tools that help them identify autism in younger and younger children? Because, you know, the, the CDC kind of comes out with these studies and there's lots of reasons why people talk about why the number is changing. Mm-hmm. But I believe that a lot of it has to do with a better uh, earlier identification and more awareness on the part of healthcare providers and families. So where does the, yeah. uh, where does your organization sort of fit in all of that? So we're kind of, um, you know, dipping our toes in in multiple waters. Um, Obviously, you know, pediatrician, they have extensive experience and training in working with kids. For example, they have obviously medical training. But what we see is, you know, there's a lot of things at play. So parents need information. They need resources. Educators, teachers, you know, think of, you know, how many hours a day does your kid spend with a child care worker, a tutor, their teacher, you know, all these other people who are interacting and in some time engaging in those other maybe, you know, whether it's a plan for their learning at school, a therapy session, tutoring, you know, the parents maybe are unaware, or in some cases, there is a huge need for just the diagnosis itself if parents maybe suspect um, that they, you know, they they want this assessment or or something may be going on. Um, In lots of areas of the country and and really all over the world, um, there's basically a backlog of individuals who, who need, you know, who want to know maybe there is a diagnosis diagnosis there before they can even start receiving services. So, um, you know, so we try to help with that as well as, again, kind of bridging the gap, education, healthcare, corporate, you know, parents have to navigate so many different, you know, paths and resources and who do I contact for this and where do I go for this? And um, so we're trying to, you know, again, kind of bring everybody together on the same page. A lot of times, you know, educators or healthcare professionals or or other um, individuals are kind of working in silos. You know, they're experts in their field or they're experts at what they do. But there's a lot of um, information that be, can be cross-shared and best practices. And, and, and um, you know, we, we really want to help kind of that 360-degree view of that individual, like you said, improving the quality of life. Everyone that they come in contact with should have some kind of understanding of how to work with them or communicate or help them. Because beyond, you know, the staggering statistics of the diagnosis rate, like I said, we know that there's tons of kids and individuals who haven't even been diagnosed. Diagnosed. So, right. um, well, you they're you there. Said, they just don't have that diagnosis. Yes, and and you said something uh, when we were talking before we started the interview that that I want to bring back out uh, now that we're on the air, which I find I, I love when this stuff happens. I think it's um, it, again, it's a sign of when things are really working and moving in the right direction. So, um, as you're sometimes conducting these trainings or or uh, doing you know the the other aspects of your work. You, you're interacting with people who sometimes kind of come out of that training, maybe as a, as a provider or a staff member of an 
organization or a theme park, like you said, and they're saying, oh, my goodness, you just described me or my mm-hmm. brother or yeah. my son or my mm-hmm. you know uncle or whatever it might be. And it's um, so it's sort of like it, it, you're doing the direct work um, and mm-hmm. then also having this sort of secondary kind of organic consequence to it where I think awareness is probably getting raised in, you know, doubly because, yeah. um, because people are sort of recognizing, wait a minute, there's actually a name for this where there's th- this, this isn't maybe as confusing as it used to be. It's starting to kind of fall into place and make sense. So I, I think that I would think that for you and, and for your staff, um, and, and tell us how many people work in, in your organization and, you know, how are you reaching all through those 42 countries? But when that happens, is that reinforcing for everybody that, that helps everybody there feel like they're doing the right thing, doing good work? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we have a pretty pretty tight team. All of our programs are primarily our certifications are delivered online. Okay. So it's it's really, you know, we're not having to we do travel, but we don't have to fly for every single training and certification program. We deliver it online. It's engaging. It's it's easy. Again, think if you're an educator, you're working a long day already working with your students and homework and all these other things. You can go home and in your pajamas, you know, you can get the training you need, take your certification. There is a competency exam. You have to keep up with CEUs. It's a professional registry. So we have all these things in place for checks and balances, but it's more accessible and you're still getting those research-based, you know, that research-based information. And especially for folks that are overseas, we work a lot in Nigeria, Singapore. We have a training partner there, so they do some in-person training with us. Um, But, I mean, we think that there's a backlog and a gap in in services and knowledge in the United States. And, I mean, it's just crazy. You know, these these kids just, they're not getting what they need and the parents don't know where to turn. And so that's that's kind of the delivery model that we have, again, to make it accessible. And then we do some on-site work as well with our clients, depending on what we're doing. But what we see, I mean, first of all, yes, I mean, we have tons of stories where we're on site, we're giving information. And it's just sometimes it's if, if you're living it day in and day out, if you're the parent of a child on the spectrum or something, obviously, you know, these things are become second nature once you learn everything. But for some of these individuals, it's the first time they're hearing the information. And like I said, they, it's like a light bulb goes off. They're like, oh my gosh, you're describing my child. Or, or sometimes it's you're describing me, you know, mm-hmm. oh, I, that's how I think. That's how I see things. And, you know, now it's, now I understand. And now I, I have a way to kind of navigate, you know, sort of my life that, you know, is different than before. And and also a lot of times, especially with um, some of the corporate um, partners we have, the, the, the travel and hospitality folks, the, the theme parks, the resorts, you know, um, those staff members, they, they, they want to feel empowered. They want to have the knowledge. They want to do the right thing. So again, we just constantly are getting feedback, you know, um, we worked recently with the Space Center um, in Houston, and immediately after they took our training, um, it was actually, I believe, a security guard was able to say, you know what? Oh, my gosh, this training was so great. I was actually able to step in and help a family today that was visiting us, <laughs> and, the, you know, the, the kid was struggling a little bit. The parent was there, and as we know, sometimes there's stigma, or you yeah. don't know where to turn, or what resources are available, and in that moment, the security guard, which technically, you know, you don't maybe typically think of that as a quote-unquote frontline person. He was able to step in and, and assist, you know, that family. Yeah. And, I mean, he was just glowing afterward. And, oh, and that, you see that. I love that. Sorry. I yeah. just, um, I, yeah, I just I mean, think that's fantastic. Just, we gave him just that little bit, and then, and then you know, the staff take it from there. So that's where we, like you said, we're, we're trying to kind of spread, you know, not only this awareness, but, you know, 
actionable things that, that they can do in their in their day to day. And sometimes it's small things, but yeah. it, then they feel confident yeah. to to deliver better service. Well, and and probably not at all small to that family. So on that exactly. note, we're going to take a real short break, and we're going to come back and, and talk a little bit more uh, with you, Meredith, uh, from the IBCC ES, which we will come back and, and redefine when we come back for the, to the show. Yeah, this great. is one in fifty nine, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. Did you know that one in 59 people are diagnosed with autism? Perhaps you know and love someone impacted. Here at Anderson Center for Autism, we'd love to help. Our mission is simple, to optimize the quality of life for all we serve. So what does that mean exactly? It means that we customize education and therapy plans to help each student and resident soar. It means that we hire top professionals who know how to unlock potential. It means that we utilize technology and evidence-based practices to cultivate unique strengths. And most of all, it means that we bring unwavering optimism and and compassion to every person with whom we work. In every moment, we see an opportunity to bring our mission to life. In our classrooms, our residences, our recreational and vocational skills centers, out in the community and along the paths of our beautiful campus. Whatever the backdrop, at the heart of all we do is an unmatched commitment to optimizing the quality of life for people with autism. We love our work and we're here to help. Learn more at andersoncenterforautism.org. That's andersoncenterforautism.org. Welcome back to 1 in 50 the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and this morning I'm talking with Meredith Teakin, who is the President of Sales and Marketing for International Board of Credentialing and Continuing Education Standards, or the IBCCES, which I am uh, very quickly becoming an enormous fan of because I think that what you're doing in spreading awareness and providing trainings, especially online trainings, which is making this type of um, information and resource available to uh, folks working in, I think you said, 42 different countries around the world Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. is really um, quite amazing and so impactful. So before the break, um, you told a great story, which made me just happy, about a training you provided where the the day of the training, actually, the security guard for, did you say it was a museum? Space Center Houston. Space Center mm-hmm. Houston, okay. Had said just that day, same day as the training, that he was able to intervene with a family who was having a little bit of a struggle. And then when we took a break, you and I were commenting just really about how so many people can think that, you know, we, we look at we look for these huge moments, these big, you know, moments captured on television or, you know, think that we have to do something enormous that impacts, you know, hundreds or thousands of families all at once to, to mean anything. And it's just not true. That security Mm -hmm. guard made an enormous impact on one family, which probably changed everything for that family, for that individual on the spectrum, at the very least that day, and potentially for the much longer term, because it provides an opportunity for for everybody, including the security guard, including the other people who were part of the training, your staff, that family, everybody, that family knows, that individual, to realize what's possible with just a little bit more information about the fact that yes, you can step in, you can help. Yep. It doesn't have to become a, a negative situation or a situation where you're just sort of standing there frozen because you don't know what to do. Um, so exactly. I, I love that. And I thank you for, for sharing that story. And, and if, if by some miracle that security guard ever hears this interview, I thank him for what <laughs> he chose to do in that moment. Um, so the other thing, I know that there's a, one thing in particular that, that we were going to also talk about today, which is 
that uh, your organization recently named Sesame Place, which is in Pennsylvania, uh, mm-hmm. a certified autism center, and that Sesame Place is now the first theme park in the world to be given this distinction. I think it required at least 80% of the staff uh, at Sesame Place to complete a rigorous training. And mm-hmm. I'd love for you to talk us through that because one thing that I hear all the time from families who are coming through the doors of Anderson is that there are so many things that you want to do as a family that you dream about doing when you're when you're starting your family. Um, and one of them is to have those days of cotton candy and rides and sweat and lines yeah. and all the craziness, but all the fun that goes with a trip to an amusement park. And when you have a child who's diagnosed on the spectrum or maybe several, those things start to become impossible or at least extremely challenging. So how did this come about? And, and, and just give us your perspective on, on what Sesame Place has done. Sure. Well, it was a kind of a natural fit because um, I'm sure most you know people are aware, but Sesame Place is a Sesame Street themed uh, theme park, and you know Sesame Street has Julia, who has autism, who's one of the, the the Muppets, you know, and she I think has been very well received. She was very well researched and created, and you know it's you know they you know Sesame Street workshop you know clearly has a history of inclusion and um, just amazing. So so because of that, Sesame Place you know said, look, we need to, we want to walk the walk. We want to do more. What can we do? They already, we're doing some great things. So what our organization does for, um, you know, places like Sesame Place, theme parks, museums, zoos, aquariums, what have you, is, yes, there is a training requirement. So at least 80%, most places do more, but at least 80% of their customer-facing staff have to be trained um, and certified through us. So they get they get specific training that's helpful for them in their day-to-day. You know, again, they're not getting a, a PhD in diagnosing autism, but they're getting training that they can use, just like that security guard that we mentioned, you know, how to be accommodating, you know, understand the perspective of that family or that individual and what they might be sensitive to and how to help. So we give training. And then the other big piece of that was we did an on-site um, review and we created a series of sensory guides for all of their activities, interactions, and rides. So the goal of everything is not only to make sure that the staff are aware and can make some accommodations or just, again, understand what those guests might need or are going through. And, um, you know, a lot of times what we hear from parents is just you don't want people to look at you funny or, you know, you feel, you know, you feel bad asking for certain things or you're not sure if things are available and you're going online and you're researching and you're planning and you've got your special snacks and your routines and there's all those things that you consider. So what we wanted to do is provide ways for those families to have easy access to information so they could plan their trip. So the sensory guides we create basically rate each attraction or ride using the five senses um, and not not saying that, you know, an individual who's on the spectrum or anyone else who has sensitivities can or can't do something. It's just letting you know, hey, if you go on this ride, you might get splashed by water. You might have to wear, you know, a life vest or something over your face or it might be very overly visually stimulating. So if you have a sensitivity in that area, you know, be aware that these things are happening. So it's more than just a description of the ride, but it's really trying to give them a gauge of what they're going to encounter. And then, again, kind of knowledge is power. That sort of empowers the families um, as well as the staff on site to say, you know, yeah, this would be great or, you know, hey, did you know this? Um, and then we also provide a bunch of other recommendations, making sure that they're accommodating maybe with food needs or, you know, wait times and lines or whatever that is, quiet areas, um, sign signage, just things that make it easier to navigate, easier to kind of make this space flex and work for those families because, again, everyone's different. Um, mm-hmm. 
And uh, if you go to Sesame Place's website, they have everything there. It's really easy and accessible. So that was a big part of it as well was kind of the physical space and, and how families are going to interact and engage with, with the theme park itself. That's That kind of makes it that all-encompassing experience um, in addition to the training. That's awesome. I mean, and, and you know, I think you'll probably agree that, um, or I, I guess I'll ask you, when, when Anderson provides this type of training, but again, often on a slightly smaller scale, the feedback that we often get from the folks who are being trained is that much of it just makes common sense. That it's not, you know, it can feel overwhelming maybe when you first start and, and because your training is also sort of has those CEUs and the ongoing mm-hmm. requirements, uh, which are a little bit uh, a little bit more advanced. It might feel a little overwhelming, might feel um, like a lot to take in, but as you're going through it, it's sort of like you, you really start to realize why autism is looked at as being on a spectrum and part of a spectrum mm-hmm. because much of what you're providing a lot of people are going to say, well, I, I kind of like that too. It's helpful to me. And I'm not, exactly. I don't identify as being on the spectrum to know what the yep. wait times are and to know, Hey, what to expect. I, I will tell you, I am not a ride lover. I, I have recently started <laughs> to enjoy, um, roller coasters, most mostly because mm. my daughter has, has encouraged me so much. Yes. But what I realized as I got on my first real roller coasters and kind of was like, Hey, this isn't so bad is that a lot of my sort of hatred of roller coasters as a young younger person was not knowing. It was the anxiety yeah. of not knowing what to expect. Exactly. So, um, so I just, I wonder if you get that kind of feedback and, and if you wouldn't mind sharing any other feedback that you get after these trainings or during these trainings about those sort of aha moments. Are, are there some big things that you sort of, that people are like, wow, that really works for me or that was really a surprise? Yeah, I think like you said, a lot of times once you kind of get into it, you're, you know, of course it's logical, it makes sense. I think there's still just this overall just misunderstanding of of what, you know, autism is or ASD, you know, people still think of, I think, you know, there is some awareness maybe in pop culture, you know, there's a few like TV shows that were pretty recent that had characters or individuals who are on the autism spectrum, but there's still this kind of mystique around like, oh, you know, Asperger's or autism, and it's just not understood. They've heard the word, but they don't know what it means. And then once you go through the training and you're like, oh, okay, like, you know, to quote, um, you know, Sesame Street with Julia, you know, the way that they explain Julia is they say, well, she just does things in a Julia kind of way. It's like, we're all unique human beings. We're all different. We all have needs and wants and sensitivities. This is a specific set of those maybe, or a spectrum of sensitivities. But, you know, once you kind of demystify it and break it down, yeah, of course, this is information everyone can use. So, so typically that's what we see is like, oh, it's just kind of like the mystery is removed. Okay, now I know what this is. Now I feel confident because again, previously maybe they had limited exposure to it, or again, they might have even known someone who was on the spectrum, but just not realized that that's what it was. Right. And it just kind of, you know, connects the dots a little bit. So, um, so that's generally the feedback we get is, um, and then we just get people are excited. You know, they're excited to help. They want to help. Usually, it's just again a lack of knowledge that kind of holds people back. And then the sensory guides and kind of the the review of the physical space and the recommendations there. Again, of course, we don't go to Sesame Place and say, well, I got to start over on this park and build all these other things. Um, But it's just, you know, little tweaks, little things. Oh, you mean a quiet area can be this? Or, oh, I just have to add some more signage to make it clear where to go. Or, you know, um, making sure that people know it's okay that we can accommodate special food requests. You know, it's, like you said, it's these little things that make such a big impact. Yeah, it really does. And it's just... 
you know, letting them know that it's available. Well, I'm thrilled to, I'm thrilled to hear about all the work that you guys are doing and, um, and, and to know of it and to be able to, to let people know. We only have about a, a 30 seconds or so left. Is there, um, is there anything coming soon or anything, any products that you're really excited about or things that you hope to see more of in the future just based on your experience thus far? So we always say um, autism-friendly isn't enough. Um, we really believe in certification, research-based training, and the other things that we offer. I mean, autism-friendly is good, you know, but again, that's something that's kind of um, used a lot. Um, so we want, you know, you don't just get a discount or you don't just get maybe a special line to stand in. We want there to be true understanding and mm-hmm. an actual formal process. Absolutely. So that's what we believe in. And I, you know, autism knowledge maybe is, is a, a, a better phrase, but I, I agree with you. And it's, it starts with, it starts um, someplace and it grows from there. And it's really exciting to hear uh, about the breadth of your impact. So Meredith Teakin from the International Board of Credentialing and Continuing Education Standards. Thank you so much for your time. And for those listening, check out Sesame Place's website. Um, if you're looking for an opportunity to go to a very traditional, wonderful theme park run by a great organization who took it upon themselves to go get this training. Sounds like it'd be an amazing experience. So thank you again, Meredith, for your time and good luck uh, in the future. Thank you so much. This is One in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski. And remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to One in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at the same time next week.